Good morning. You're listening to Drinking Socially, the official Untapped podcast. Your weekly look into what's happening in the Untapped community and the world of beer. This episode is brought to you by the Untapped Beer Fest. We are coming to San Diego's Petco Park at Gallagher Square, October 1st and 2nd, and bringing more than 70 amazing breweries with us, including the likes of Drecker, El Segundo, Pizza Port, Ren House, Single Cut, Dank House, and VIP access includes beers from Horace H. Ales, True Animals, and Vitamin C Brewing, to name a few. VIP and general admission tickets are still available. Visit festivals.untap.com for more info. And don't forget to use the coupon code DS podcast that's letter d letter s podcast all caps for ten dollars off vip tickets five dollars off ga again the coupon code is ds podcast we'll see you in america's finest city with some of the world's finest beer is october 1st and 2nd and of course like subscribe etc this week why don't you tell your neighbor about us like physically just yell over the fence Go out to get the paper, or that doesn't exist anymore. Going out to cut your lawn or stare at your lawn. Just yell over one of the fences. Ah, Drinking Social has a podcast on YouTube. And just let me know what happens. If you came here because someone yelled at you over a fence, Drinking Social podcast, please leave a thing in the comments. I'd love to see if we can track that somehow. But anyway, enough about me and things and stuff that are ridiculous. I think we're about to get a little more mellow perhaps more mild today john i feel like i should have looked up what the definition of mild is what do you Mm. when i think of it i go immediately to chicken wing sauces but right or or just like not bad in any way but also not great in any way right it was it was a mild-mannered reporter that repeatedly saved the city of Metropolis from the evil Lex Luthor and the range of villains that were interested in, I, I like, I don't know, can't, I like not drinking beer. That's why they were the bad guys. And Clark <laughs> Kent was the mild mannered superhero. It's the English mild ale that has an even more complicated backstory than the last son of Krypton. It was if we go back in time, the time travel machine, the early 1700s, beer was awash in nomenclature, but predominantly a mild beer was just a beer that was sold young. It had nothing to do with the ABV. It, for the, the British would use terms like common or stout to signify you know, how much punch beer might have. Mild was basically meant that this beer isn't too old. And then... In the 1700s, the term mild was at this point kind of just ubiquitous as someone saying ale today. So then taxation happened. And we've talked about this a few times on the podcast. Uh, and it, it actually helped evolve brewing. It was early in the 1800s that we started to see some standards change. And then later still, after the British kind of repealed their own wine henceforth, we mm-hmm. saw brewers begin using other methods of giving sugar to their yeast. No longer were we bound to all malt beers, but we started to see experimentation with darker sugars and corn and even rice. 
And then wars happened and then science happened. And we eventually arrived in the modern era where a customer could dictate what a brewer made just by choosing it. We had choice. And you could satisfy nearly every palate with the English mild, ranging everywhere from 1% to 10%, light colored, dark colored. The English mild's more of a mystique or a Miss Marvel than a Superman with its ability to shape shift into the untapped user's desired vessel or liquid. And today we see the English mild finally settling in, generally confined to about 3% ABV. There's some color shifts, but generally you can expect to find this beer a little darker in color, some malt forward, like a malt session beer instead of a session hop beer. It's a it's a song of to the malt, but again, confined around 3%, the old world equivalent of a single hop pale ale, perhaps. Regardless of your history obsession, this beer is part of everyone's history and it's here to stay. Harrison, will you kindly tell them why? <laughs> Absolutely, John. And it really starts, well, it doesn't start, but this badge is, I guess you could say, played a bit of a role in, in why it's here, why people are still talking about it. And as we'll see in a little bit, uh, a lot of breweries outside of the UK are, are brewing up mild. So certainly, yeah, if you haven't had one yet, a really good one, maybe closer than you think. But I think it's been around because it's just a great approachable beer. Uh, much like lagers have stood the test of time, this is something it's really hard to find anything wrong with. You know, as you kind of alluded to before, it may not blow your socks off, but it's also not going to give you much to complain about. And sometimes that's what you need at the end of the day. Something that takes up zero brain space, almost. <laughs> um, and can just you can kind of just sit next to you and Hold your hand while you sail off into the sunset. That sounds depressing and dark and like an allegory for death. That's not what I mean. I just mean like relaxing at the end of the day. Anyway, I'm ahead of myself as always. Let's talk about this badge and what we're going to drink this evening to or morning to unlock it. So mild mannered is the name. It's kind of a, like a companion badge to your extra special that we did for ESBs yeah. and other bitters just two episodes ago is obviously those English milds and English bitters share a lot of the same history. But the description of the badge says, this low ABV brew is the quintessential British session beer, perfect for a day at the pub with your mates, drink fiber and beers with the style of English mild ale to level this guy up. Um, and that's it. So one of those nice straightforward badges on untapped. John, what are we going to enjoy tonight to work our way through this bad boy? What do we have on deck? Through or maybe even just getting started, as we'll mm -hmm. get to later in the show. But today we're drinking Brawler, a pugilist style ale or puglist style ale if you're a fan <laughs> of the dogs. Uh, this beer, as Harrison's demonstrating on YouTube, it comes in a beautiful can. And this is one of the first, I think, Philadelphia, or sorry, not Philadelphia specifically, but Pennsylvania breweries we've been able to feature on the podcast in a while. It comes from Yards Brewing. It is uh. an English mild ale on untapped. That's the only qualifier to earn or level up this badge. Is the beer you're drinking an English mild ale? Is this 4.2% ABV? So it, it, pushes that American take on it where we're getting maybe a little bit higher than a traditional three, 3.8 3 
5.5% English mild, 12 IBUs. So this is something you can drink by the campfire. Your father-in-law will love it. Anybody should love this beer <laughs> in terms of it not too aggressive. And 117,000 check-ins on untapped. Yep. Yards tells us in their description is the most approachable of all of their beers. Brawler is a malt forward and delicately hopped for a knockout flavor. Smooth character, hints of caramel and toast. Starting to think about Oktoberfest. And remarkable drinkability define this ruby-colored brew as a true session ale. Perfect for when you want to go a few rounds in the pugilist terms. Uh, Harrison, how we you're already working on it. I'm way behind. I'll stop talking. Please regale us with your first sips. I love this beer. This beer is magical. <laughs> Just sip with first sips, though, and try to do what I'm supposed to do for once. Um, for me, it's it's all about that toffee. That is what's rocking and rolling here, that kind of caramel, toasty biscuit thing that's happening. It's it really knocks this beer knocks the cover off the ball. And if you're looking for caramel, toasty, roasty, light, it's beautiful looking. It's crystal clear. It's got a great head to it. Um, and right, it, it gives me a lot of the same things a amber lager would. There we go. But more of that toast toastiness that I get traditionally and. It's so easy to drink very quickly. So I, this is a golfer for me for sure. And I was lucky enough, as we all know by now, having a lot, spent a lot of time in Philadelphia myself, to enjoy this on hand pumps and every which way you can uh, enjoy a beer. But yeah, first sips, toasty, roasty, toffee, and you just want to drink uh, a 12 of them. And you can because they come in 12 packs. What about you, John? What's happening over there? You seem to be enjoying yourself. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this takes all of the things that I love about an Oktoberfest and right. it magnifies them. I I feel like it's like I mean you you nailed it like toffee. I think of maybe like like Boy Scout popcorn or something where you get that Ooh. kind of like caramel flavored popcorn yeah. and chewed it up a little bit even right. though that might sound gross. The yeah. mild unaggressive flavor of this beer is like just getting a warm hug from a comfortable sweater. I don't know how to really describe it well in words, but this is, this is good. And it needs to come in a 12 pack. If you see this beer on the shelf, buy more than one. Yeah. Yep. That was exactly what I did. I was lucky enough to grab some when, uh, in its distribution footprint, not too long ago and didn't go for the six pack Doug right for the 12. Well, lucky to find one that was relatively uh, recently canned as well. So, um, yeah, but it was, I mean, and then again, I, I knew I would have one and want to have 11 more. So thank goodness for the 12 pack. <laughs> but yeah, this delicious, is, delicious. This is, I mean, we talked about the history of the English mild, which basically changed every five minutes. We <laughs> talked about how now it's in this world where like, I, I, how many of you, you don't have to raise your hand because no one's watching. It's a podcast, but how many of you would be excited if Harrison was like, Hey, I'm going to come over after work. I'm bringing an English mild ale. 
yeah, right. I would I would probably be like, all right, that's cool, Harrison. I'll go to the store and I'll buy some other beers to share as well. <laughs> and the moment you cracked this open, I don't even know. Even if I did go get other beers, I wouldn't want to drink them anymore. This is beautiful. Yep, I know, and I think it, it says a lot. It's sometimes the beer says more about the beer drinker than the beer itself when you drink it. It's you know, if you can, if you're at a place in your life when you can sit back and enjoy this, I think you've climbed a couple of beer mountains, a couple beer mount beer moors, if you will. You've seen the sights, you've been impressed with wild and crazy beers, and now you just love beer. And you want something that you can enjoy each day that has some flavor that reminds you of that crazy stout you had once but isn't 11%. And you visit something like this that has, again, a fair amount of complex flavors going on here that maybe suggest other beers, but in this sessionable format. So it's, and then not for nothing, it's also just great to drink, to sit back and write, not to think about it, not have to overanalyze it, not to pull the flashlight out and take the notes, just go. Perfect. These are oftentimes if I'm checking in and I say one or two things or just put an emoji in it, it's because this beer has helped shut the brain down. And that is what I need at that moment. And this is what you're getting is a, is a thumbs up for me and a high bottle cap rating and know that I'm in a good place. And uh, I think that's what I do almost every time I have this beer, unless it's the first time I've had it after not having it for a while. And then I probably overcompensate by dumping in a ton of thoughts into that check-in because it just excites me with how how simple and, and mild it is. But that is, uh, I feel like, a mark of age or wisdom, wisdom maybe just age, to, of being able to just appreciate those simpler things for whatever, just what they are. Not I have think to, wisdom's one of those yeah. free level up stats you get just for existing for a long time. Like you can, it, right. once you hit thirty five, you start to get a wisdom modifier that just multiplies <laughs> automatically. It That's may good. not be useful wisdom, right? Like, do I want you to come hang a, a door up in the house I'm building? Maybe I right. want someone with knowledge there, but right. wisdom enough to bring this beer into my life, right? Uh, which is which is. Uh, this is my first time drinking it and no. I never would have thought that I'd have so much excitement about a mild ale. I, it's great. I'll stop saying that, but well, <laughs> in yards, you mentioned that you were in their distribution footprint that you mm -hmm. were able to get this beer is English mild Harrison. Is that a beer that we might not find very often because it's hard to make or just maybe there's not a lot of consumer demand for it. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I mean, I think it's more consumer demand that there's not a lot of it because you do have, obviously, in the States, a long history of loggers and American loggers and really, you know, amber, amber loggers, rather, everywhere in the world. Um, there's a history there, pretty much. And this, so great, you're already making that, people are drinking that. Why introduce something to your lineup that may, like, cannibalize that brand because it's very, very similar. So from a um, but also lacks that lager crispness that um, is a real selling point of, of amber lagers. So it's almost becomes a risk. Uh, that may be how a lot of brewers see it, but you're seeing it more and more. And if you jump into the, in the States, if you jump into the actual unlocks of this 
bad to tell us a little bit about you know what's going on with the mild and where it's happening. We're seeing only 32,000 total unlocks, so not a lot uh, at all, which again kind of speaks to how both not a lot of people brew it, but then also it's by name mild. It's it's not exciting. It's probably a tough sell, and and I would even argue it may your mild that may fall into the same category that German lagers do for us, for a lot of people where you find your mild, you drink that and that's what you drink. So are you leveling up this badge a lot? Probably not because you got your one or two miles you drink and that's it. So, so there's a fair amount of kind of factors going into possibly why the check-ins aren't crazy high. But what I thought was most interesting about this was I expected kind of the who's who of, you know, breweries in the UK to be on this list. And that's of course where, as you just uh, told us all, this beer originates from, and it's not. I mean, the, the most checked in English mild on untapped is actually a beer with a great name, Barroom Hero from Magic Cat. Uh, okay. So that's amazing. Um, probably a good friend of the Kung Fu fighter and uh, whatever. There's a, there's a Rolling Stone song joke about that. But um, Barroom Hero, Magic Cat Brewing Company. After that, you have Ruby Mile, which is from Red Gates, which is a um, we're in the UK, and then you have Brawler, which we're drinking. So yeah, um, was pretty cool. And then you have farther down another PA brewery, Lancaster Brewing Company, has fresh roasted peanut butter ale. So they drop some peanuts into an English Mile, which pretty cool. You see that in porters and stuff, but it's kind of being a super session porter almost. Great. Uh, I'd love to try that. I can see this um, going really like this beer combined with a payday. This beer makes me want a payday. Right, a right. Beer, I should say that'd be a delicious pairing. Uh, I agree. Yeah, or, yeah. Um, yep, exactly right. So there's a, and there, you know a couple of Cat's Eye from Blue Stone Brewing Company. Um, Hold the Reins from Brink. So there's a, it's kind of all over the world. Three Floyds, Pride and Joy Three Thousand from Three Floyds in Indiana. Obviously known for Dark Lord and, and masters of darker beers and, you know, just great pale ales and IPAs, pride and joy. And, you know, yeah. and this is also, I mean, that's kind of, a, there's a lot of cool breweries listed here. Breweries that have been around for a bit, not a ton of brand new kind of hot hype breweries. I mean, I'm going to talk about one in a minute, though, that it's a great, has a great uh, mile program. But um, let me speak to this. This is kind of like a brewer's beer. If you are a brewer and you love beer, again, and you've brewed a lot, consumed a lot, whatever it may be, this is one that I hear a lot of brewers talk about. And really, that's how I discovered Brawler myself was the brewery I worked at in Philadelphia. That was like, hey, you got to have this. You got to try this beer. It's the best. It's world class. This is the perfect representation of the style again and again from different people kind of in the industry. And so... Happily did. I used to live right down the road from yards and, um, and yeah, never looked back since. So it, it, yeah, it's again, it's, it's a unique style, but a lot of other styles are similar enough to this that already have bigger followings. But I think we're certainly specific breweries are really jumping like yards are, are honoring a lot of British brewing traditions. Yards brews tons of kind of English inspired ales. Um, so that's great to see, but you're seeing more of that too. And, and other breweries kind of looking at the mild. We had one from you and I, or I had one from Grimm. I've had Burial did a yep. great one. I've had a couple from Dissolver now. 
that I've really enjoyed. So it seems to be like the cream ale, one of those beers where if you're a brewer and you know a beer, at the end of the day, what do you want? When you, you can't grab Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Okay, what else? And it's cream ales and English milds kind of all the way across the board. There's also one thing that I thought was really cool when you pulled up some of the badge stats uh, and the brewers and the beers. There's two Swedish breweries that found yeah. their way into this producing English milds. I won't be so vain as to try and pronounce that. <laughs> now. My English accent's not passable. And my Swedish is, is unforgivable. <laughs> I thought it was really cool to see Swe- Sweden's an amazing country for for innovative craft yeah. beer i think and i thought it was really cool to see their some of their milds get on this list saw, as well yeah, i saw that too and was not brave enough to try ocean brigarit that's absolutely wrong but you kind of get what a I'm brewery by the ocean yeah. i would have to guess and then, man, oh man, I'm gonna try. So they they do a beer called Pascal Eco, which is a which I'm probably also saying horribly wrong. But uh, and then the other one John was talking about. Night, here we go. This is gonna be painful. This is how I put my kids to sleep every night by poorly reading to them, and they just get bored to death. Um, night, the Nashams Engbergery, Engbergery, whatever. Ugh, that was horrible. But pumpkin then. There you go. That sounds at least cooler. Yeah, we'll watch some scary movies on Netflix later. I think you you just put a ghost in my mirror, John, by saying that out loud after I did. But I'll (laughs) I'll deal with that later, I guess. I'll say it three times in a row. (laughs) That's how they get you. But um, both beers have a couple thousand check-ins, which is uh, pretty cool. So yeah, again, it's it's a style that pops up kind of all over the world. Um, but how are we doing here, John? All right, so let's zoom in back on us. Yeah. So mild mannered, where are we at? Are we let's, ripping let's through after it? Okay. I uh, after I check this beer in, I will only need one more English mild ale to finally unlock mild mannered badge. So if there was a <laughs> verbal sad face emoji i would be emoting that right now um because i need to find another english mile but at least i can say confidently now i'm excited when i look at the digital board on the untapped menu at the next bar i'm in i'm going to be scanning for something something english mild and i'm going to be excited as hell to drink it because i'll finally unlock this badge and i'll know it tastes like toffee popcorn so i'm pumped even though i'm I think technically a failure right now. Harrison, what about you? <laughs> All things start as failures, John, and then they grow uh, to... You should uh, be my life coach. That's what it is, right. It's not about your heart surgery looks like murder. If you stop in the middle, that's a that's a real line. <laughs> so don't worry about it. <laughs> all right. So I am almost level two, so nothing impressive at all happening on my front of this either. I will say that most of the check-ins, or well, only one of them counted towards it, but I mostly drink Brawler. But like I said, I, I've been lucky to find other ones recently because I've been really seeking this style of beer out. It's just one I've, I've loved, but it, it's hard to find. And most recently, I had one from Dissolver called A Bit of Clairvoyance. It's great. I see a housewarming gift from those guys, um, which is pretty cool. Sent me some sweet glassware as well. That I checked in that beer too. Before that, though, they had another English mild called In the Cut with Gunther, which was amazing. So they're kind of crank- cranking out a couple different 
um, English style ales right now, a few different ones really every couple of weeks. So that's great to be able to get my hands on them. Um, to be, if you guys are ever out in Nashville, North Carolina, Dissolver is certainly a brewery to seek out. Um, because again, yeah, they could brew crazy IPAs with the best of them, but they're also taking time to brew beers like this. And to me, that's, it, it is, I've said it before, but it is like, you know, the, you're great. This is your hamburger. Anyone can brew a fancy steak and dump truffle oil on it and whatever, charge you 90 bucks for it. But show me what you can do with just ground beef and lettuce and tomato. If you can wind with that, now I'm interested. Now, sure, show me your magic. Shoot fire out of the grill and chuck a shrimp in my mouth. You have my attention. Have you been to a hibachi grill recently? I've been dreaming about them. I wish. I wish that's the problem. I haven't been, but um, <laughs> but you know, it's it, definitely. I'm I'm finding myself more and more wowed with the simple stuff, and that it, it really makes me curious about what you can do with a full arsenal of hops and everything else to make an impressive double IPA. If you can lock down a lager or some, you know, an English mild or English bitter, which Dissolver does every time. Similar to your anecdote about everything good beginning and failure, I I agree. And I think <laughs> if if you can begin humbly, right, mm. learn the learn how to make yeah. a salad, learn how to make a burger before you make a steak. I I yeah. agree and I appreciate that. And I want to ask you uh in brief uh a quick pause for an opinion piece, mm. Harrison. We're talking about the style English mild. Uh, everybody at this point has probably heard my somewhat English accent once or twice. So let's keep it really on the nose, Harrison. Would you rather be the king of England or the president of the United States of America? Uh Interesting. Obviously, lots of pros, lots of cons. I'd really just like to be the mild-mannered man in the pub drinking a beer. But if greatness was thrust upon me uh, and I was chosen for a, a higher task, right, would I want to win a popularity contest or just, you know, use my army to take whatever I wanted, which I guess could happen after I win the popularity contest. So really... <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, in truth, love democracy, think it's the, the bee's knees. Uh, that's pretty cool to have a bunch of people you don't know say, hey, you're my guy, as opposed to just kind of getting something and then dealing with the existential crisis of, do I deserve this? What does this even mean? Do I have to live forever now? Do I pull a sword from a stone? You know, what's my actual daily duties? I feel like being the king of England would probably do so much history. Pressure, obviously a lot of issue with the president too, but nothing compared to the King of England. Been around a little bit longer. The United States has um, a lot of it's a lot kind of riding on that. But yeah, I mean, again, it's it really. I feel like you'd, you'd have to feel more comfortable every day knowing that fifty-one eh, percent of the people said you're the dude, as opposed to like oh, I hope. They don't riot and throw a bunch of rotten fruit fruit through the window today, or that doesn't happen anymore. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So I'm I lean definitely more towards being the president. Although 
there are all those pictures of presidents when they start and they look healthy and happy and they're smiling. And then at the end of like four years, they're all gray hair and have no teeth and, you know, bags under their eyes. And so clearly takes a toll on you physically, mentally, all that other stuff. But I mean, it's like both, both, uh, both jobs would the cape just hides that better when you're the king and all the wrinkles and the stress. Um, I guess I think you get a sword too. Right. Yeah, I if, would definitely request if you sword. were to take either position. Um, even if you're the president, I think you can just ask for a sword. I think they have to give you one. Um, yeah. But a follow-up question, not would you rather, but as the acting president or king, what would be the holiday that you created? Ooh, the holiday. Well, I'll tell you what, there was a very smart kid I went to high school with who ran for class president, didn't have a speech prepared. He just went up to the stage, leaned into the microphone and said, co-ed naked soccer. And then everyone took a pause and then everybody cheered and then he stepped down. I don't think he was allowed to win. Probably an interesting backstory there and uh, what happened behind the scenes to later so, on to found Facebook. Yeah. Right. Something like, right. Some, I'm sure he's a very successful something, business person or in jail. Um, <laughs> but maybe like, you know, I, so that's probably not a holiday people would <laughs> maybe be down for anymore. Just inter- the international. I don't even want to run soccer tournament. Soccer. Yeah. But perhaps thinking more broadly, you know, there could be, gosh, there's so many goofy holidays now. Um, perhaps maybe we'll make a holiday like, uh, oh, well, I'll make Black Friday a national holiday, the day after the Super Bowl a national holiday. That's probably what I do. I'll give the people that. I'll say, you got it. Have tacos for breakfast and another beer. and No one's going to work today. That's how you get my vote right there. That's yeah. that's the next holiday that I think the world needs or at yeah. least at least the united states yeah and so we know harrison would make a great president probably end up on at <laughs> least some form of currency even if it was just barter and trade and monopoly money but there is a place in waynesboro pennsylvania that only takes mm. real money and that could be debit cards or probably venmo or maybe even cryptocurrency at this point but some form of authorized currency if you're going to visit our verified venue that we want to highlight and shout out this week it's the beer shed in waynesboro pennsylvania a place that harrison's probably more familiar with than i am but we wanted to choose it one because it doesn't have a lot of check-ins on untapped that's because it's a retail store and generally speaking you should take your beer home with you um, (laughs) partially for legal reasons and partially because your xbox is there but they do have a huge beer list online. You can find beer on tap at the store, which I take for granted sometimes around me in North Carolina. But it's really nice when you go to your local package store and you can get a growler filled up of something local, maybe even just brewed a few days ago right on the spot. You don't have to go up and down the shelves. But this place also, so they have, you can go in there, you can grab a case of Bush Light. And you can grab Tripping Animals, going to be at the Untapped Festival. You can grab Dancing Gnome, one of the Mm. most celebrated breweries in Pennsylvania. And you can also, like I said, grab Bush Light. So this is like when I'm going to have a cookout or a campfire, this is the place that I go. I'm going to get a whole heavy case of cheap beer to share with everyone. And then I'm going to get some Tripping Animals for myself. 
That's how I like to run my package store trips. Harrison, what's the first thing that you do when you get into a bottle shop or a beer store? Well, after I find those camouflaged bush light cans, I look for something local and fresh. So really, the, the kind of my my move in any package store ever is always what's newest and freshest and localest. Look through that. I mean, if I'm in a different state or whatever, I look for things. I look for things that I can't get when I'm at home, um, and I'll jump on Untapped to see that, and then really look and see if you've had it, and see what you thought, or my other friends see what they thought. Look at recent check-ins, all that stuff. But that's kind of always my flow: is start local, then start with what can't I find when I'm in my own package store. If I happen to be traveling, you know, to a place like the Beer Shed, Tripping Animals being one, I can't Dancing Gnome another, can't get those and north carolina right now um and then yeah jump on untapped and kind of learn more about those beers as i overfill my cart with too many things under the guise of well honey i'm in a new state i may never see it again job job untapped (laughs) that's uh right then then i can't see my family on the trip home because they're all covered in beer but that's okay nice cool nap never hurt anybody um, speaking of things that don't hurt, <laughs> or rather things that are great, that's pretty let's good. Talk, yeah, let's talk about uh, our best beers of the week, John. What did you discover most recently that made you go, "Whoa, what was that?" Yeah, it was a big whoa. Um, yeah. First, first beer I thought of came from Holmes Brewing, nice. and I am in love with them now. Um, maybe one of the greatest breweries in the world history, time, memorial, who knows, but I drank one of their beers. I think they have a series called deep depths. Mm-hmm. It makes me think of when we had Kyle on last week and he was talking about the movie, yes. the abyss, but yes. this deep depths, this version had prickly pear, lemongrass, Ooh. raspberry, mango, and plum. So again, I told myself oh. it was a healthy drink. But it tasted amazing. And when we did, remember when we did the Go Hard virtual festival with Untapped sure. doing seltzer and me? Yeah. We had Smooge on and we learned that Smooge and Holmes were a little bit connected. And I remember yeah. drinking that Smooge and my mind was blown. I mean, it tasted better than real fruit. And as I drank <laughs> deep depths, I could understand or I could see that like right. there's definitely some shared knowledge here because that beer tasted more authentic to the fruit than going out to a mango tree and picking a mango. Not that I've ever been able to do that. <laughs> it tasted amazing. Holmes, you guys are on fire. What about you, Harrison? Yeah, so this week, I kind of was a culmination of a long-awaited beer opening. That's a horrible. Those are words that make sense. What I mean is that I had my first beer from Pipeworks Brewing Company. I had their Mosaic on repeat, which is a like a seven percent all Mosaic New England IPA with Cryo Mosaic, Dry Hop Mosaic. It's all Mosaic, but kind of different forms of that hop. And I was actually a part of Pipeworks Kickstarter campaign back in the day when, of course, they were trying to get started. Just two dudes who were had a dream, wanted to have a brewery, down a Kickstarter, and they got fully funded there. And I contributed a couple of shekels. And I just never had their beer before. And so for years, was like, I'll get it. And of course, like the Ninja Birth Unicorn they make is really highly rated and untapped and a beer people still freak out about. 
awesome but I still did, yeah, too. Very great artwork. You know, it's the whole package. And um, just had never gotten my hands on it. And always in the back of my head was, you know, whenever I see Pipeworks first, don't care where I am, what time of day I'm getting it. I'm going to drink it because I felt like I was part of the the or, their origin story a little bit um, and just took a chance on just two guys of the dream. And now they're, they're Pipeworks. And so this is really cool to finally get there to walk into our, one of our local bottle shops here and see a bunch of cases on the ground that had just been, you know, come in from them. And it was the first drop in the, in North Carolina and grabbed everything they had and, you know, started with Mosaic on repeat. So that was very cool. It was delicious. It was amazing. Mosaic's such a cool hop and, you know, as we, we spoke about with CLS Farms on that episode, the Brewery Pioneer episode, when we talked about El Dorado, learning about the technology now that goes into hops and how, you know, it's no longer pellets and whole cone. It's extract, cryo. It's, it's, it's everything to the sun. There's so much more that's happened uh, on the utilization of hops in the past couple of years than in the past 200. So, Great to taste that all in one beer and uh, have a beaver and brewery I've, I've always wanted to uh, enjoy. So that was really neat to, to check that off the list. Awesome stuff. Well, folks, that is it. We did it again. Enjoyed some mild beers. Had some mild laughs. I don't know. doesn't matter. Hopefully someone laughed. That'd be great. Yeah. At least chuckles kindly as they, I don't know, garden or whatever you do when you listen to podcasts. Sit at your computer and drink beer, I hope. As always, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Jump on podcasts on tap.com to listen to more of John and I jibber-jabbering about whatever we jibber-jab about. What's happening next week, though, John? We're, we're doing something a little bit, uh, I don't know, get, like, stepping yeah, out of this, the comfort zone. Yeah, what's happening? Yeah, we're going to kind of roll the dice next week. We're going to talk about untaps maybe most infamous badge or one of the weirdest mm. and hardest to get badges ever. I mean, like wheel of styles we have yet to cover, but yeah. we've done new brew Thursday, which is a, which yeah. is a grind. Yeah. This is just difficult, I think. So be brave with us and find out next week what the risk taker badge is all about. And until then, Cheers! Hey, look at you. <laughs> I don't know. It's the beer. <laughs> <laughs>